You're listening to a DM podcast. Hey, we are back in the Football Shed, the podcast for football fans that live in the wrong time zone. My name's John Hewitt, and Jeff King is here. G'day. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. We're back in the shed. Back, Woo! back in it's the shed. It's been three weeks since Roger and I did date night, and there's been 400 games of football since, I think. Do you know, I think you pace it on the internet, John. It's been like, what, did we do a year and a half's worth of every week? Was it like yes. a year and a half? Yeah, like yeah. 2018 or something. Was 2019, last we had a... July 2019 was the last time we had a break. So I think we've needed this. Yeah. <laughs> it's been lovely to have a Christmas holiday. I love doing a podcast. I kind of feel like the Premier League needs a winter break. They obviously didn't get it, but we've had one. Yeah, we've, yeah, we've come one. back refreshed. Yeah. But I don't know if everyone else has. Did Very European have... of us. Yes. Well, that's, well, I'd like to think we... Well, yeah, kind of European. <laughs> <laughs> um, is everyone excited to be back? I don't know. What do we do? How do we do this? It's been three weeks since we've done this. I think you asked me what beer I'm drinking. What beer have you got, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Rover. Rover Lager. Oh, is, is, is this your vegan beer? No, no. It, oh, is it vegan? Is this on your regular no, rotation? Yeah. No, this isn't vegan. Yeah, is this vegan? C- certified vegan friendly. Oh, you're fucking kidding me. You're a vegan now, Rob. Oh, shut up. It's, it's good. I, you know, I wonder whether you might get on board the Rover. It's, it's... Only if they made it out of vegans would, it, would that be. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's very affordable. It's tasty. It's locally produced. Don't get me wrong. I've not got problems with vegans, just as long as they don't tell me about it. You know, that, you know that joke, how can you tell if someone's a vegan? They've already told you. They'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> they should have told me it was vegan beer. Bloody hell. There's a vegan beer. Cheap beer. Uh, Rog, what did you bring? Uh, I've got uh, some fridge beer um, oh. from friend of the shed, Dirk Cummins, Stone and Wood. Oh, nice. Uh, I saw him the other day and he stole a fridge beer from your house and said it was gross when he stayed in your house. Probably some high strength Yeah, it was just, I stole the beer, it was crap, so I think he just poured it away. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> Avoid Roger's fridge. Um, new year, new me, Audi $5 Same wine. wine. <laughs> wow. We, we've said it many some, times, John. Why change a winning formula, eh? Well, exactly. Like, some things you should change and some things you shouldn't. Audi $5 wine, you shouldn't. Um, every week we start with a question. Um, before we do that, if you want to get involved with the Football Shed community, head to our Facebook group, Shedders and Volleys, um, to talk nonsense about football. There's been a lot of chat on Shedders and Volleys over I've, Christmas and New Year, which has been great. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. To be honest with you, I've, I've missed talking to you guys about football every week. Yes, it's been nice to have a break, but I've missed talking to you. But yet, the amount of activity on that group has really kind of kept me kept me yeah. going, I'd say. So I'm very grateful to everyone who posts their random thoughts on there. I thoroughly enjoy it. It was good when you're hungover on Boxing Day and you're like, oh yeah, someone's talking about football with. So yeah, yeah. brilliant. Um, I've lost my train of thought. Um, oh yeah, so you get on there and you can talk to us about football and crap. Or if you're more like Rog can send an email. We don't get many emails, do we? Uh, get many emails. <laughs> emails we get are generally for send, you. Send me an email. <laughs> um, at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, now, before I do the question, we have got a new end game this week as well. So we've changed the end game for the new year. Um, so stay listening to the end for a very exciting new end game. It is very exciting. Jeff, I feel like this is where you should come in with a jingle or some sort of I've been, I actually, or... I, I, I had a few ideas about the jingle today. Right. Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, I didn't come up with anything, but I'm like, let me see how these rovers go down. I'll see if I can add a loop. <laughs> might be yeah, a jingle yeah. by the end. <laughs> right, this week's question uh, is about the closeness of the league right now. So this season... 22 points covers 1st to 18th. Well, the, the missed Sheffield United off this stat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And West Brom. How far did 22 points cover from 1st last year at Christmas? Well, I mean, it, it's last year by Christmas, Liverpool were 10 points ahead of 2nd place. 8th. Correct. Nope. More than that. Did you say 22? 22 points. In fact, less than that. I reckon down 7th. 5th. So- <laughs> Such a joke. <laughs> I think Everton was 7th at the time, probably. 5th. Um, fifth. Wow. Sheffield United were in 5th, and they were 22 points, excuse me, behind Liverpool in 1st. It's ridiculous. Jesus. Now, I want to say it's great. It's not, Roger. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just, just, you can... Uh, 
I like that it's close. It's great. It's exciting. I hope it stays like this. However, there were several points over Christmas when I did feel like players do need a break. Like there was the standard to me of a lot of games visibly dropped. There was. it's, It's not just about being even. That is. Yeah, it is definitely a very even league this year, and COVID is a great leveler. But I think there's also now COVID is a great leveler. There's a lot of players out there now who I think are just a bit. T- I mean, like yeah. the UK is fucked. It yeah. is a basket case, and imagine I think it would be very hard being in a little bubble trying to still function as normal while all this is going on around you. And to me, I'm watching a bunch of players who were clearly struggling with that. 100%. I completely agree. And there was like a weird lull in the middle of the Christmas period where there's about 16 draws in a row. Yeah, one all. And everyone just went, oh, should we just take one point? That'll do. Lawrence had cleaned up on his predictions. It's like one one all's all over the place. But think about yourself, right? We all got to the end of the year. So for those that aren't in Australia, Australia has a wonderful tradition of taking about seven months off over Christmas. Yes. Where everyone starts winding down on about the 10th of December and then you all start going for barbecues and beers and then just chilling out and then you all come back at some point in January. And, and that's just the maybe way the February. world works. Yeah, yeah, maybe Feb, depending on whether you're taking the family on holiday. Yeah. It, it's a great Australian tradition. Yeah. But this year, more than, more than any, I feel like that was so needed. It was, oh, you'd, yeah. you'd get to the beginning of December and everyone you'd speak to in any kind of work Everyone's environment broken. you were just you were done you were spent and you were mentally spent and people needed to defuse and just take a break whether it's spending time with their family and we've been through you know we've been through massive lockdowns here in Melbourne so we, we've been where they currently are in the UK now where they are at some points in the states we've been there and it's so exhausting and it's ex- it's mentally hard and don't get me wrong everyone who's got a job has been doing a good job but you know that you needed a break from that job. You yeah. just needed it. You weren't mentally strong enough to, to just keep going so relentlessly with everything around you so so hectic and changing. So for us to think that it wouldn't be exactly the same if your job was playing football is naive. Yeah. But so, it's easy to forget, though, I think. Of course, Because yeah. we just... Like, I... You kind of took took that happening for me to realise it. I'm like, oh yeah, they're they're a bit sick of this, like, yeah. and it's you know it's now really coming through on the on the pitch. And you look but- at them and go, they get paid millions of pounds or whatever, and that's all very nice. But in reality, they literally just go from work to home. They're not allowed to go anywhere else, and they're in their bubbles. Which I mean, everyone in the UK can't go anywhere else right now, and. If you're, they can't have team bonding. They can't get to know each other. They can't. They just train, go home. They train in separate groups, so they're not training all as one whole group and play a game, go home. It's quite boring. Yeah, and they've got families in other countries. And other countries are doing, uh, you know, are in just the same amount of stress. They can't go visit them. They can't come. You have their, you know, their their wives or girlfriends or, or mothers or everything is a bit up in the air. So as I say, it's naive to assume that they would be able to just plow through. And then look at the. The, the journey, call it the journey that some teams have been on before COVID. So Liverpool is a great example. How do we expect Liverpool, having had the last three years that they've had, mm. so you know losing the Champions League final, yeah, then winning the Champions League final, same group of players, yeah. then you know losing the league by a point, yeah. coming back strong, you know, to yeah. to push, to go nuts, to go nuts, and then you know having this no pre-season to then starting this season to how do we expect this kind of three-year event for liverpool not to have taken a toll without the mental anguish that is what's going yeah. on at the moment in yeah. the world it makes total sense that to be honest that they're a bit of an up and down basket case do you at the think moment. there's also an element of without wanting to go too far with this that the players are also aware of like their position in terms of the their obligation to be entertainers and to provide a bit of a mm. um, a break or you know something different, an outlet for, an outlet for yeah. everybody else. Because I think they would have to be aware of it because you see that being trumpeted by you know the the media and the press. And we've just seen you know all sports been shut down, but hold on, elite level sport you can keep yeah. going because we recognise how important that is to everybody else. And but you'd have to be aware of that as players. Anyone you talk to in the UK is like lockdowns awful. What we're going through is awful. But we got to do it, and at least there's football on to watch. Yes, is, yeah. it's always followed up with at least there's some sport to watch to keep me entertained during that. And footballers are humans; there, there must be some mental fatigue there of just going. Well, you're Geez. seeing, it. and we and we didn't even just not give them a break; we pushed them harder. Yeah. There were more games in a short period of time. You know, we looked at the stats. Everton had a game every day, every two and a half days. So what's going to happen? Like I just we'll look back, obviously, because that's mainly what we're going to do yeah. this episode, but. 
let's say, you know, we know that things aren't going to improve for at least two months in the UK and mm. most of the population is going to be um, in lockdown. And that could happen, I think, you know, almost any yeah. day. We've seen, you know, Fulham have um, obviously missed games, Man, games, Man yeah. City. Um, but what are you, what's going to happen to the football? Like, is it all just going to go to shit? Or what I, do you... I don't know. Rather than predict what's going to happen because we don't know. Because it could tomorrow we could wake up after this podcast and go the league's off and True. then we just don't know. But what I want what I want to talk about is the fact that because that's happened, what we've got is seven points covering the top ten, which is fucking brilliant. Well, is it brilliant though, John? But well, that's why I wanted to ask it because you're not a big fan of this, are you, Jeff? I'm losing my mind. Come on, then. I I, I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know how to cope. I'm getting emotional just talking about it. I don't understand. Like every like I'm going through a roller coaster here. Like yeah. so I like if you track back through our little WhatsApp group between the three of us yeah. about like Everton being the best team in the world and then Everton being the shittest team in the world. On Ever- the, on Everton, the last shed we recorded, Roger and I, we bashed Everton because they were in a mess and you weren't there. And then they won four in a row. Four games on the spin against against <laughs> Leicester, Chelsea, yeah. um, some others. Arsenal. Like it was it was fucking excellent. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. And then losing against West Ham. Hope yeah. the checks in the post, Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, this is the thing, like you can you can get your hopes up, but you're never safe. And you can be crap, but then you always have hope. And it's yeah. actually it's the hope that it's the hope that kills you, you know. And, <laughs> and, and, such an Everton no, fan. No, it's true, it's so true. So if you talk to a um talk to a West Ham fan or an Arsenal fan or a Villa fan right now, they will be on the edge of their seat as kind of a trepidatious hope which is like all of the logic dictates that you're having a, a bad-ish season but then you look at the table like oh we're four points off first <gasps> what could be and I've, then the anxiety that comes with that well I have a well I have a and it changes every week of course you, like well fun. that's that's, <laughs> that's my I have a kind of wider philosophical question that we we, every week, the media goes, Arsenal are a basket case. Arsenal are brilliant. Like, it changes. Week to week, Everton are going to win the league. No, man, not going to win the league. And it all goes round and round and round. Does the media, football, but also on a wider scale, um, just deal with extremes now and can't deal with complex kind of, this has just changed slightly, that's just changed slightly and let things evolve as they evolve. Do we need conclusions and, no, it's like this, no, it's like that. And so we go back and forth. Well, they between... do, because they've got to sell papers. Like, that's but, yeah. part of what, you know, it's it's about, it, all the media is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Extremist? Yeah, like it's extremist. Um, sensationalist. Sensationalist, yes. yeah. yeah. Like that is, that is now the default level of, sport coverage yeah. and I think when it's under the you know the microscope at the moment because there's not much else happening even more so but I just find it amazing because that literally is almost a week to week proposition <laughs> over teams you know Ollie Ollie was gone yeah. a, you know a few weeks ago like literally he was every single pundit was writing him off gone where's Pochettino and now when we were last it, in the shed Rog I printed the league from when we were last in just to show the difference Man United were ninth and Spurs were top yeah, like yeah. it's only three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Thank God for Sheffield United. Sheffield <laughs> United are the only giving us a constant. <laughs> they're the only thing keeping me sane. I'm not kidding you. They're the only, I go, oh well, at least at least there's something I can wake up and go. Oh well, Sheffield United are still shit. Everything's all right. But is it the other thing though? Is it's easy to get caught up in that? But I don't. I don't know how truthful that is. To yep. me, I, I personally, I think there's only three teams that can win the league. Yeah, and I think that. I still think that Liverpool are the best team in the league and they'll win it. And then the other two are Man City. The other two are the Manchester clubs. Yeah. I then think Leicester are a bit on their own in that they, to me, at the moment, are clearly the fourth best team yep. in the league. But because they lack of squad depth, they could they could struggle. Like or you know, Chelsea obviously have an embarrassment of riches. So if they got it together, they could outperform Leicester. But yep. as we sit at the moment, to me, Leicester are on their own. And then I think, you know the next sort of five or six clubs beyond that who knows throw a blanket over them mm. yeah yeah it's 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 mayhem don't get me wrong it, it, it's entertaining to be part of but i don't think we know how to reconcile it mm. I, when there's no yeah. when there's no consistent narrative mm. 
We all look like idiots. Don't, yeah. don't consistently we, inconsistent. Yeah, we, we consistently look like idiots. I listened back to your podcast that you, yeah. you both did, and I listened to some of the things you said, and it was a week later. And we sounded like, like idiots. You sound like idiots. <laughs> but, but, I, but you didn't mean to sound like no, idiots. No, no, yeah, you, you were discussing the narrative yeah. that was real at the time, and, and, and considering it changes so extremely. You know, Chelsea are a great example, right? Uh, Ch- Chelsea have had what was yeah, a strange start to the season then actually we, we looked at the way Frank was putting that team together with the new signings they were betting and you're like actually you are title challengers yeah. now they're, they're an absolute basket case but it's happened so quickly where's the narrative is, well, are they a basket case or are they great well I was going to say does that mean we need to change the way we look at it then do we go well Chelsea have brought in a lot of new players and Havertz has had Covid and it looks like he's got long Covid and he's struggling for fitness and they're trying to get this new... Werner can't score. Yeah, they're trying to get this thing together. They're going to go through ups and downs. So should we all be turning around now because they're ninth and they got smashed by Man City? Are Frank out their crap? Or should we just look at it logically and go, we've had a bad run for three weeks. In three weeks' time, they might win three in a row and it's fine. Well, yeah, yeah, a few things. I think you're probably right. This, this is probably the season to stop looking at the table. It's the season to start concentrating on the little things. Yeah. So the thing, if you support a club follow that club more than you follow the league because actually you know how you approach the next game and how you approach the last game and what you can improve upon is probably the thing that will keep you sane because if you look at the whole thing all the time it's it's impossible yeah but then you know on on Chelsea okay we'll we'll talk about Chelsea Mm -hmm. a, a little bit Chelsea Frank Lampard has really shown his um his naivety I'd say they got smashed by Man City it's because they pressed high against Man City so if you if you if you watch that game yeah. they put a full press on Man City and Man City just like they just will, went Ray! they will just you know jizz yeah. on your face for that I think it's great sorry I could have thought the better but the, 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 the but press the, has got to be perfect well, we know like Klopp's got a great record against Pep but Klopp is perfection owns the press yeah of course yeah. of course so so. But the only reason why Chelsea have started pressing is because after the Arsenal game, where Arsenal, when Arsenal became a great team yeah. and Chelsea were a great team before that one game, suddenly, boo-boo, swap. Yeah, swap. Right, right, one yeah. team's good and one team's bad. Is it the... Lampard came out and he smashed the players in his interview. You remember that? Yes. Yeah. He said they weren't showing passion, they weren't showing pride, they weren't pressing, they weren't running, they weren't sprinting, and they've got to pack their ideas up. Suddenly, yeah. they play the game after against was it West Brom, and they I all, can't they remember all you. yeah again. Yeah. They, they all start pressing. And you're like, yeah. okay, well, great, you've listened to Frank. So they go, oh, well, now now we know what to do. Frank Lampard told us to start yeah. pressing, and now we're getting a pat on the head. Let's press. A week later, they get smashed against Man City, and you're what you're almost watching that tactical evolution of a footballing side just unfold in a week you yeah. know but then the naivety of Frank Lampard he's gone okay well this is what we weren't doing well this is what we need to fix and then he didn't then change that against Manchester City this week which, which is an inexperienced coach which we shouldn't expect and I think you know you, you put a lot of new players together at the same time as a very inexperienced coach particularly managing top level players and we generally know that players coming into the Premier League do need a season mm. or two to yeah. adjust. Yeah, Pulisic took a while like, last year, and he was great. And then the great at the yeah. end of the year, yeah. But I just, to me, at the moment, I think Chelsea. We we talked about the the Kante um, in the Kante role decision in the Kante role, and, and that um, although that went really wrong against Man City, did their, their oh. third goal when they just <laughs> left it. And yeah. just got, Kante chasing Sterling, going, "Oh no, what have we done?" But, but that, but I mean, that's but that's what Jeff's saying. Like they just that's a team. I don't think that's a can. That's yeah. a team setup. Yeah, uh, you know, and I think at the moment that is what Chelsea haven't got right, and that we know that the most complex part of trying to organise a team is the attacking patterns. Yeah. And I think at the moment they just that's not quite working for Chelsea. I think they have improved the defensive stuff generally, but at the moment it's just not quite working in the in the final third. Uh, you suspect that it will because they've got it's clearly really got a players. lot of good players. Like every time I watch Werner play, I'm like, this guy's really good. He yeah. hasn't scored in ten games, yeah. which just seems like wrong because yeah. he's he looks really, really good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's really good. But so you makes- kind of you you sort of feel it's going to turn. Yeah. He's missed some sitters in those games. That doesn't make him a bad striker because the thing is, he's getting in a place to have a sitter available. But how long does that go on for before that? Before they become Benteke or Shevchenko, (laughs) Chelsea, or yeah, Shevchenko has been mentioned as a possible replacement for Frank Lampard as manager. Yeah, I read that. (laughs) He's manager. Um, Well, Chelsea played Man City, so let's talk about Man City a little bit because they had a 
good Christmas. I, I wouldn't say like an amazing Christmas period, but a pretty good one. And I think they put the cherry on the top by smashing Chelsea at the end, 3-1. Um, and suddenly they look really, really good. And they've got 12 midfielders playing and no defenders, no strikers. And Pep looks like he's in his element. I think Man City will win the league. That's what I predicted at the start of the year. Yeah. So. And, and I say that because... Um, not and I'm not because they go, could go top when Liverpool and Man United yeah, well, draw. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they win both the games ahead, they're top of the league. You know, I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to just look, listen back to this next week and go, "Well, Jeff, you sound like a knobhead. Like you've got that wrong." But <laughs> that will happen anyway, don't worry. Yeah, but more kind of in in more detail, yeah. they look like the team that is most in sync right now. Yeah. Uh, the, you obviously I'd agree che- with that. That, yeah. that Chelsea game they looked like they looked to be at their best and that's come off the back of some really good performances. They seem to have sorted out their defence. John Stones looked good. John Stones looked Stones excellent. and DS. Um yeah. and so and that's the first time I can say Man City have sorted out their defence in about six months. Kevin De Bruyne came out after the Chelsea game and said we weren't ready for the season to start. Do you hear this? Mm. He goes, We weren't mentally ready, we weren't physically ready. Um, we didn't have enough of a preseason, and our heads weren't in it. And now he goes, I start, I'm starting to feel like we're back. Which I, is kind of dangerous, because usually Man City are brilliant at the start and then might stumble over the yeah. end. So, so I genuinely feel like they are the most stable of a very unstable bunch. Did you uh, notice their bench at all? On their no. bench, who the sub-goalie was? Uh, Stefan? No, he no, started. I started. Um, Stefan, by the way, I was going to bring this up in size stories, Zach Stefan. First American goalie to play in the league since 2002 who had hair. Everyone else has been a bold bloke. Really? Yeah, which is why Casey I Casey Keller, it. Brad Friedel. Yeah, all of them. Tim Brad Guzan. <laughs> Guzan. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Zach um, Stefan, I, I, it irks me a little bit because he was basically the almost signed on dotted line to come to Bristol City and then Man City... Oh, really? I hijacked the deal at the last minute. Tough choice yeah, there for him. Tough choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, but he would have played, whereas he's gone to and sat on the bench. But Man City's sub-goalie was Scott Carson, who's oh, wow. about 400 years old. But they had um, Liam Delap on the bench as well, who's Rory Delap's son. son. Yeah. And Scott Carson... Sorry, what? Yes. Rory Delap's so son. The, the he, long he of the long guys. massive ears. Yeah. Liam Delap is a striker, plays for Man City, and he's apparently quite good. Plays for Man City, so it must be quite good. Jesus. But Scott Carson used to play with his dad. No. So, yeah, they were on the bench together. You're just like, hang on. That is amazing. But Roy, Roy Delap is a legend. Yeah. The Man City thing, mm. we taught, when COVID happened last year, we talked about Man City winning the league because of the machine, yeah. the City machine. And, you know, if you want stability in uncertain times, you want a machine. And you want you want to take the pressure off the players by them not having to think so much because you know they're just playing their system, and that's what Pep does. And it obviously didn't quite happen mm. last season, but I think that was purely I think that was more about the pressure that Liverpool put on Man City by just continuing to be so good that kind of outweighed mm. that side of it. But I mean, I know these are intangibles, which no, they don't no. like to talk, but I but I do mm. think they're you know I think. Pressure on players is real and can affect performance. And at the moment, I think that that is a real factor in, in how teams are playing. But you watch City and they do, they look like, whether it's DS coming in, I'm still not convinced he's amazing. But no, they do. He's stable. Yeah, and st- he, whether him coming in has um, just bucked John Stones up a bit. Yeah. And the other one that's Cancelo. Yeah, actually, can, good. can play football. Who knew? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's fifty million or whatever, yeah. but he's been so crap. And I'm like, actually, he's looked really. I yeah. saw him a couple of times at Christmas. Like, he's a really good left back. Like, but I just, um, I watched City in this game against Chelsea, and I just thought, here we go. Like, this yeah. is Pep Pep side playing the. You know, it's, De Bruyne looked good. Sterling yeah. looked good. You suddenly go, oh yeah, they're they're all really quite good, aren't they? And, and where's the where does the drop off come from? You're, Maybe you're they're right, a striker. I think in in a time where. We can all admit that they will players will be mentally exhausted. Even if they won't admit it, they will just be slowly getting more mentally exhausted mm. through this whole period. Mm. If you're in a team that's chopping and changing your tactics, your personnel, you're gonna 
those split second decisions you're going to be questioning yourself because you're just a little bit fatigued yeah. and if you're playing in a stable team that plays in the same way every week and you're dominating then you will find yourself going up the league I mean Liverpool on the flip side um, have played with 10 different centre-back partnerships this year wow 10 different centre-back partnerships in 17 games they started against Southampton we'll go on to Liverpool uh, who probably didn't have the best Christmas, but they're still top of the league, so you can't say, oh, they've done awfully, but they did lose to Southampton this week. And they started with Fabinho and Henderson as a centre-back pairing, two centre midfielders, which... Like, you can, I mean, Fabinho's been great. Fabinho's been great at centre-back, and Garth Crooks apparently puts him in his team of the year as a centre-back, which is weird. Um, but still, you've got two centre midfielders playing centre-back, yes. and that's not conducive to being the best team in the and league. And if you look at Southampton's goal, like... It was really cleverly worked free kick. Mm. But to me, that goal wouldn't have got scored if you had two centre-backs playing as centre-backs. Yes. Like Henderson was Agree, the furthest yeah. back that originally um, played Ings onside. Yeah. And that, you know, you could just see it's not... There's just those sort of... Yeah. And often it's things like set pieces where those... When it's not your natural position, those things come out. Yeah, you know, and you, positional sense. It has a knock-on effect. So Trent Alexander-Arnold gave the ball away thirty-eight times in that game, and he didn't play the whole ninety minutes. But it's still more so, than anyone in the Premier League yeah. this season of any player. And, and, so, and that's he's playing next to Henderson at centre back. He's not playing next to Van Dijk or Matip or whatever. And it's, so it's a different thing. So it just shakes you off slightly, and it makes the whole team slightly worse. And then it doesn't. He's also work. a kid. Yeah, he's Who's like pl- got to play every week, and you know has yeah. been on this roller coaster, like like yeah. Jeff said, and that I think that's that's hard. But he kind of has to play every week because they don't really have anyone else. No. That can, I mean, Milner, you know, can, <laughs> Milner can play obviously. But, but I, I just and I again, I look at Liverpool and I think you have they have to be on every week. Like, that's the way they play. It's like super high energy, high intensity. Uh, you know, there is a there's an emotion in the way that they play and Klopp's a very emotional manager. Mm. Now I think that takes a lot out of you. Whereas yeah. I think, you know, yes Man City press as well, but it's a different way of playing and they're much more about just we won't give the ball away. Yeah. Which to me is less taxing. Yeah. So so I do I mean I still I, I think Liverpool have the best team, the best squad. Yeah. So I, I still think that they'll find... And, and they've had a wobble. They're having a wobble. Yeah. They're still top of the league. Exactly. If you're wobbling in top of the league, doing pretty well. Um, talking of emotion, they lost to Southampton. Did you see the rabbit hush at the end of the game? Oh, I loved it, yeah. It was so good. He just burst into tears at the end. He was just like overwhelmed by the fact that he... I think, I, well, I don't know if he's given a reason or why. He, he said the wind was in his eye. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> George, I absolutely thinking love. Oh, there was some snow... Oh, I can't remember which, which game was I It was the West Brom Arsenal game. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. Love goals <laughs> in the snow. To, to be honest, from Southampton's perspective from the game this morning, I couldn't rate the rabbit hutch any higher... Yeah. He has turned Theo Walcott into an actual footballer. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. I, I, yeah. I can't believe watching Theo Walcott play for Southampton. So how he, that bloke's had more managers than than roast dinners, yeah. and no one's been able to make him look any good. And suddenly he looks like a world beater. I, well, I think he's sixth. done an amazing job. They're sixth, and on the same points as Spurs, Man City, and Everton, and they don't have Europe. And they've got the belief in what they're doing. They've worked out a way to play. I I kind of really want them to do well. There's something about Southampton. There's a humility about them where you go, I just want you guys to do really well. And they work. I really like Danny Ings. I think he's underrated and he's really good. And they've got. I think um, Rabbit Hutch is brilliant. Ings is a great story too, and it and you want to you want to see those stories because he was at a shit team. Sorry, Bernie fans. He was like, yeah. but you know, Bernie weren't great, but. Danny Ings clearly was very good. Yeah, he was a star man. Yeah, had a great, great season, scored lots of goals, got signed up by a big club, all went to shit, couldn't get a game at Liverpool. Yeah, got bad injuries. Bad injuries, you know, and he, to me, he's a player that we talked about before, he needs to play every week to, Mm. to, to, to have that continuity to to be able to do what he does. And when he was getting these 15 minute cameos at Liverpool, he just, you could see the confidence draining out of him. And often that is then where we don't see that player again. Yeah. So I think to then get another move and suddenly come back to where he was at Burnley and actually go beyond that, you know, get capped for your country 
and you know, to me, he's he's on the plane for the Euros at the moment, and and I, I think well, that's great. Just in the train, and, the train, yeah, yeah, it's not far. Yeah, and um, to to think, I mean, it helps him having the Colombian whiz kid, James Ward Prowse, putting <laughs> <laughs> balls into that box. We should start calling him James Ward Prowse. <laughs> um, what do you want to talk about next? Open slather. Uh, I would like to either go to Manchester United ugh, or Arsenal. Uh, okay, Arsenal. I'm going for Arsenal. Okay, because okay. I, and, and it's start with an, it's, yeah, you can you can have a Man United go, Rodzell. We will enjoy that. Um, and it's going to start with an apology, right? Okay, because Arsenal fans will listen to this show this year. And we've slammed And we've everything. done nothing but give them a kick in. Yeah. Kick in, kick in, kick in every yeah. week. And, and it, not only has it been a kick in, it's been a well thought through kick in. Like a kick in, yeah. you, <laughs> you, you, you can't up. really argue with the stats that go behind <laughs> the kick in. You know, it's been pretty relentless. Yeah. Then Arsenal suddenly beat Chelsea and we have two weeks off. Yeah. So you get you get none of the none of the retribution, none of the going. Oh, what are these these blokes going to bloody swallow their humble pie having yeah. Arsenal win three games in a row? Because we're on a Christmas break, so <laughs> fuck yeah. Um, so firstly, it's an apology that you didn't get the moment of us looking, yeah. you know, with egg on our faces. However, fair play to them. They look great, and what I love about it is that he's bought in the young players. So he's built in Emil Smith row, um Saka's playing, Willock's playing played. Great. Martinelli's Yeah, Martinelli's played a little bit. Tierney looks brilliant. Um and he's suddenly going, Oh, there's something happening here and they've got it right. And I'm still Well but did I, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm still not convinced like Arteta we don't know if Arteta's good. Like we don't know if Frank Lampard's good. We don't know really if Ollie's good. Um we don't know if they're good managers yet. But He's turned it round a bit, and if he can get a bit of consistency and keep it going, and like they beat West Brom four 0 away from home, and I know, and it was snowing, and it's West Brom, they're crap. However, going away in the snow to West Brom after you've played four games in ten days sounds like the shittiest and, thing, and not yeah. just West Brom, an Allardyce, a big Sam yeah. back in, and so to go and do that and get that result shows a decent amount of drive and application and caring about what you're doing. Yeah, I agree. And the thing about that game that Arsenal fans should take a lot of um, hope or what's the word I'm looking for, but um, they should optimism. be quite optimism or quite expectant post that game is that they scored three different types of goal. Yeah. So that they had individual skill and class, which is mm. Kieran Tierney's goal, which is yeah. just brilliant. Yeah, the way he took him on the left, cut inside, just absolutely brilliant. Then their second goal was a piece. It was like an Arsene Wenger masterclass, wasn't it? The, the way it got threaded yeah. through midfield. Sackers. And then, yeah, yeah. And overlap out wide. It was absolutely brilliant. And then the last two goals, both um, Lacazette were were tappings. Yeah. They were they were playing it wide, cutting it back, doing tappings, and to to see those three types of goal. You know, that just doesn't just happen. You, well, know, and you set your team up to do these things. And we talked about the lack of creativity before. That was what was a big thing, was we kind of suddenly go, Arteta's got this solid foundation, but now they've forgotten how to create. When you're scoring different types of goal from different areas and different players, you, you're creating things. That's exactly right. And that will give them the confidence to know that they can. They have different ways of unlocking the, the door, you know? But, and and I, do, I, I agree with you, and I watched... I think Saka's goal was one of the goals of the season so far for me, partly because of the snow aesthetic. Yes, and I love a, um, you know, a, they didn't a use pa- an orange a, ball a, though. A pa- they didn't use an orange ball. I love a passing goal like that. I just thought it was brilliant. There's a couple of what it was like one two one two one two, mm, and yeah. just it's one of those goals you watch again and again. I haven't seen Arsenal score a goal like that for an awfully long time, and to me, that takes. Good players, one, but also coaching to be able to do that, and so that is the first, almost the first thing I've seen from Arteta that's gone okay. Maybe there's yep. something here, but I do, and I agree, Jeff, as well. I think there's an element of the. Um, you also have to give Arteta four in terms of the the players getting up for the for the games and kind of dragging himself out of it. He kind of got to the point where he it's a bit of a hell mary, like he'd been reluctant to play all the kids. We'd all been saying do it, and then. You know, there was talk about Arsenal getting relegated. And did it for the Chelsea it got, game. Got didn't to he? that yeah. point yeah. where he—that's what he did. Um, but I, I also want to give him credit for Lacazette because mm. he's—he'd been playing Lacazette out of position. Lacazette looked lost. Yeah. Um, didn't look up for it, and then all of a sudden, 
he looks like a really good striker again. He's playing mm. him up front. Aubameyang's been um, relegated to the left side. So mm. I think those are positives, but I do also think Chelsea game is a derby. Funny things can happen in a derby. Chelsea aren't the finished article. They were then very... I forget who they played in that in-between game before West Brom. Yeah, I can't remember. There's, it was they've poor. All merged it was into poor. One. Was it Brighton, maybe? But it was... A, Arsenal were poor in that game, but got a win. Yeah. Um, and then I think West Brom are a very bad team. Yeah. So, I... They drew with Liverpool. So, if you're like... Yeah. If, so, they can't be that bad. I mean, I, I agree. I think they're bad. But they've got something out of a game against Liverpool. They did. Yeah, but I just... You know, I don't think we can get carried away. I'm willing to admit that I, we may have been wrong about Arteta, but I'm not going to say we were wrong yet. Yeah, yes. you, don't, you don't have to say you're wrong. You just have to recognise when, when things They've done really change. well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Side point, Saka... Is he really, really, really good? Yeah, I really I, rate him. I've, like, I when he first came through, like they played him left back, and I was a bit like, it was good, and there wasn't many left backs around in England at the time, so you're like, yeah, put him in the England squad. Now I'm just like, play him left wing, right wing, just get him in the but England. But where do you play him? Oh, anywhere, don't matter. Like, <laughs> he's a James Milner. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is, but I just, yeah, I I mean, I suppose you just play him on the, on the right. And yeah. Cut I, in, just, or, yeah. I just think there's something about him that he's, he can finish, he can pass, he works really hard, he can tackle. He's like, quick. He's quick. He's got everything. That's yeah, brilliant. Ian Wright loves him. Ian yeah. Wright thinks he's the best player of all time. And it's, it's, if you look at Ian Wright's Twitter account, he absolutely <laughs> just... Well, yeah. they've won three in a row and he scored two goals and got an assist. Yeah. So he's kind of, you know, he's the the one that's really taken it on, you'd say. So go on then, Rog. Tell us why you love Man United. Yeah, so that was your next one. We were going to go Arsenal, Man United. Well... You're, you're visibly well, shaking here. I watched a quite a bit of Man United over the Christmas period. Yeah. And there was still... there was. I watched the Leicester game. There were a couple of times where I shouted at the telly because you were trying to play it out from the back. Oh, God, it was the, it was the moment where De Gea like, spooned it off his car <laughs> and the ball went about three yards and Leicester nearly scored. And I was yeah. just like, please stop. Like, yeah. I feel for De Gea because yeah. they keep putting him through this. Yeah. And I watched stuff like that and I'm like, stop it. Stop Solskjaer it, stop. cannot manage. Yeah. He's not a good coach. This yeah. is just... Ter- terrible to watch yeah, yeah I couldn't like it's like a car crash but yeah. you somehow got away with it yeah. but then you know and, and we know how good Fernandez is yeah. and Fernandez is relentlessly good yeah. and I think you could almost win the league because he's so good and c- could drive it yeah. you know he, he, he I could just, be a one man t- team yeah. he's got so much will to win yeah. but I do want to give Solskjaer some credit in that Marsh, again, I'm going to go individual players, yeah. not necessarily the way that you're playing, yeah. because I don't necessarily think that that has I, like, evolved yeah. significantly. I think it's more that a number of individuals have improved their level. Yeah. So Martial, yeah. to me, over the Christmas break, whatever was wrong... Isn't fine he's, now. he's fixed it yeah. because he looks <laughs> he just looks like a different player yeah. than the first 10 games like he's just he's That's top quality commentary oh, right? he just, but, he but I genuinely think it could be as simple as going you know what there's a Euros do you want to play for France up front who are going to win the Euros or not and Cavani's right here do you want to play or not and Cavani's been sort really good out. but yeah. I think but I, that I still think whether it is sort of those outside factors of pressure to me when it's an individual player like that you have to credit the player but you also have to credit the coach yeah so I give credit to Ollie for that and then I think the other one is De Gea so still think De Gea's been brilliant he's not enjoying elements oh, no. of how you're playing but he to me is still a brilliant shot stopper yeah some of his saves in important times yeah. he's, you know you know he's going to make that save when you need him to Pogba Pogba. Has Solskjaer got Pogba playing? Because if he has, you really are in with a chance. So the, the Villa game that we won 2-1, um, all the Christmas games merged into one, so I can't tell you which hap- what happened in what game or whatever. But Pogba in that Villa game was brilliant. And not because he like ran the show or whatever, but it was clear he understood his role, he knew what he had to do, he made some tackles, and then when he got on the ball, he made passes and made things happen. I kind of agree it's down to individuals rather than Ollie tactically. I would say I think Ollie's becoming quite a good man manager. 
I don't think he's got any tactical now yeah. whatsoever. I don't think he know. I think he watched on TV once someone playing it out from the back and went, "Oh, can we try that?" <laughs> yeah. Like I don't think he works. He can work out how to do a press, how to play it out from the back, all those kind of things. But I think he can get people believing in the idea of Man United win stuff and we're going to win stuff and you're brilliant. You'll put the ball in the net or you'll tackle them or whatever. And I think he's got people believing in themselves again which is a great skill and when they're that good at yeah, players you've got those resources yeah when you're that talented you almost don't need tactics to a point just make sure that they play really well and you're right bruno fernandez is running the show. is it, i as a man united fan he reminds me of cantona in that he runs the team He's on the pitch and he's going, we need to do this now. We need to do that now. We need to go here. We need to try this now. And he's complete leader. And when he goes, we need a goal, he comes up with a goal. He's a, it's a phenomenal footballer. I, I, I agree with you that um, Ollie doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I still don't really understand the way Man United play. I know the way Man United played when he first got here and now I'm seeing some weird hybrid of of discipline and freedom oh do, do, oh, yeah, do you know no, what yeah, I mean? totally agree yeah. and, and well I still think it's basically counter-attack Fernandez or Bust but that's what I mean well yeah they're, they're the the basic principle, yeah. principles. Don't be wrong. Fernandez is a phenomenal footballer. Yeah. Exclude, yeah. exclude that because he's mad Ridiculous. mountain incredible. Yeah. Do you know he has won since he came to the Premier League? He has won fifty percent of the Player of the Month awards. Jesus. That's ridiculous. That's insane, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so I still don't know how Man United set up. I don't know how they play. I know that... Actually, they don't get as many penalties as people think. Liverpool have only had one fewer penalty this mm. year than Manchester United. So that, all of that is a storm in a teacup, They get plenty really. of dodgy ones, though. They do. Pogba's at the weekend, yeah. Yeah. or at the week, or whatever day it is. That was super dodgy. He yeah. himself yeah. up. I'm not, not keen on that. But the, what, what he's got is a bunch of very talented players that... As you say, John, there's a certain point where you don't need to coach them. You know, mm. you can talk about the ways that Anne is at Real Madrid. Yeah. But then that is chaotic mm. because when it goes wrong, oh, there's nothing to fall back on. So you can, you can see him going on a 17-game unbeaten run, amazing, they're going to win the league. But then there will be points where they, where they just fall apart because there is, there's almost too many who think that they're game changers all over the park. So I, I'm not sure if an Oli team can win the league because of that. Even with the, if they had the best players in the league, I don't think they'd win it. Yeah. Because there is a limitation to letting chaos ball dominate. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think there's it's good fun watching Man United play at the moment and that's really nice as a fan like having that watched, do, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. watching oh, Jose Mourinho, yeah, Van Gaal those years well, even Moyes yeah it's Moy, all pretty grim it was so it's good fun and over Christmas there was so much football on you're like I don't know what day it is or what game's going on or whatever but it was reassuring to go if I watch the Man United game and the Leeds if I watch the Leeds game you know it's going to be fun it's going to be entertaining and for me that's really reassuring and at the moment we've got three or four world class players that anything can happen we don't deserve to be second in the league we do deserve to be out of the Champions League but also at the same time, we like you say, Jeff, we could win 15 games in a row and have a great run. We might win a cup. Could just all go wrong and finish eighth. But, but you also, you could win it. Like, yeah. it's a weird season. And I think that the uh, thing I've seen United do a lot, well, they always used to do this a lot. And I think you've got into the habit this year is kind of winning ugly, finding a way to win, whether it's a dodgy penalty, whether it's a, you know, a, Extra time a, a goal. individual yeah. brilliance, Fergie time goal. I reckon there's already been about six or seven instances of you winning games like that this year. And generally... Penalties after the whistle. That, yeah, that, that's <laughs> yeah. how you that's how you win the league. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I, I agree with you, Jeff. I, you know, I certainly don't think they're the best team in, in the league. They have got some great individuals and I, I don't think it'll be enough, but it... it but it also could be, and it'd you be can't. Fun on the way, it's, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it'd be fun. And I, I completely, I hate it because it's Man United. But I watched some not great games over Christmas. But I watched the Man United Leicester game, which I thoroughly enjoyed, mm. and I watched Man United Villa. Yeah. And I also want to nod to Villa here because I, I mean, I've watched Villa a bit this year, but I haven't, I haven't watched a huge number of Villa games the entire way through. Villa are a really good football side. Really, like good. they were a hundred percent. You know. Uh, an equal part 
in that yep. game and were pretty unlucky to come away with, with nothing. And in reality, if they win their game in hand, well, they've got two games in hand, they kind of, they can be sat third or fourth. Like. Well, and you said Man United don't deserve to be second. You're four points away from seventh. Exactly. So, so, yeah. like, so second doesn't mean anything. No, exactly. Just like seventh doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's all nonsense. But it's there's ten games in a in a row now unbeaten in the league. Mm. Eight of those have been wins. Last time we did that, 2013. Yeah. So it does put in perspective. But um, on Villa, yeah, Karen, I just want to say one thing about Pogba. Oh, go on. So uh, Martial's goal against Villa. Mm. It's the first good goal I've seen Man United score. Yep. For as Not long as I can remember, a... without Fernandez being involved in yep. in the move at all, um, Pogba kind of has superpower. You only get players that have like a superpower. What's his superpower? Right? You have to double press B. D- yeah. Daddy, these great big daddy long leg legs, <laughs> but can has this amazing like ball juggling ability, and no one can get near it. And he did um, in the goal. He he'd jug- pulled the ball out of the air. Yeah did a few keepy ups and then headed it on and that was like the start of the move and then uh, yeah, 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 Rashford's yeah. flick to wan yeah. and I was like you know and like Fellaini springs to mind with his Velcro chest but yeah. there's always <laughs> well, like it's just not fair it's not fair <laughs> yeah. I'm like Pogba's that because you're like nobody else has legs as long as Pogba's and when he's doing that ball juggle it's too, like, it's, too no, no, it's too high. It's too high. You can't get near it. And I'm like, that is a superpower. The guy has a superpower. But he looked engaged. Yes. And, and I just, you want to see it. Yeah. Like when he, when he's not being an arsehole, he's a really good footballer. And yeah. you just want to see it. If yeah. he keeps engaged, he's brilliant. I, Mildly concerned, he's only engaged because he can get signed in January. Yeah. <laughs> so, but at the shop same, window. Yeah, same time. Don't really yeah. care. Um, I, just saying on Villa, I think we do have to mention Villa just because they've been really good. They've been consistent, and they had the great run at the start of the season. And then Barkley got injured, and Watkins isn't scoring at the moment. But they've actually kept getting the results. The defenses stay good. Like. They look like they can stick around that top seven or eight. We don't just have to admit, we want to mention yes. Villa. Like, I, yeah. I thoroughly enjoy watching Aston Villa play Yeah, football. they're really good to watch. Fuck, I can't remember. I don't think I've ever said that before. I'm, I'm glad that oh. you're all witnessing. I don't think I've ever said, apart from maybe when Martin O'Neill I was, was there. Say, no, Martin yeah, O'Neill. Like Villa, yeah, back in the day. When Martin but, O'Neill was there, was probably the but, last time. And they played a 4-4-2 flat back, <laughs> just yeah, yeah. Like, bombing wingers. Was but, it... It was um, Young and the um, Ashley Young yeah. and Stuart Downing <laughs> yeah. run down the wings. Milner in the middle and midfield cross it in. Yeah, that was the last time I John Carew up front. It's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, it was the last time I thoroughly enjoyed watching Aston Villa play, yeah. and then it just it got so bad that what you know what I have in my head for Aston Villa is not a pretty picture. Mm. But this what year, about those Milosevic days. Oh, oh God! But, but this this year, I've, I've just enjoyed them more and more and more. And the way they play football is, it's on the front foot. It's enthusiastic. They try things. They play mm. forty yard passes. They they do little one twos. They 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 go toe to toe with whoever they're playing with. And more often than not, they're they're an equal match. I thoroughly enjoy but, Villa. But isn't that great? Like what they stayed up last year. Skin of their teeth. Absolute yeah. skin of their teeth. Like. Even finer margin than that. Bees dick. Like ridiculous. And we all had them going down this year. Yeah. And so I think to I, yeah, I with, with that get, in that to context fired. to come out and go, actually, we're gonna go toe to toe with mm. all these teams, I think is amazing. I love it. They've obviously mm. had some new players come in, but a lot of this as well is, you know, internal improvement within the, the existing squad. I am um, Michael Richards is on BBC Radio over Christmas at some point. <laughs> One of those days. Um, but he was saying how... He's been managed by like Mancini at Man City and um, Pellegrini and various managers. He's been Martin in the England squads <laughs> and stuff. And he said that Dean Smith's uh, training programs are the best he's ever had like he was just like his training is incredible like it's different to anything he's ever seen it's interesting it's entertaining it's just makes you a better player and for him to say that and having been managed by all these other player clubs and won the premier league you go okay he must have something what does he say about brentford as well it's a story for another day but i mean um there's a couple of teams that are still on my had a good Christmas list. One I'm going to mention really quickly was Burnley. They won three from five. 
Burnley are boring, but they're back and they've just been bought by Americans. So maybe Burnley are the next Man City. But they're just doing the Burnley thing. Yeah, just doing their thing. The other one's Everton, Jeff. So yes. you won four out of five? Four out of five, four in a row, and then got beat to West Ham, which is and so Everton. With no Hammers, kind no, of gritty. No Hammers, no Luke Dean, no Alan. Essentially, it was the old it was the old team plus Decore. Before your parade starts, I want to piss on it a little bit because you were on eighth last time we recorded, and now you've gone to seventh. Remember so John. the Holy Grail, John. <laughs> you haven't gone far, but you are also on the same four points. points off top of the league. Exactly, four points off top of the league. I mean, I mean, I think it does go to show what um, good management does because it's the same. It's this without lots of those new signings. So without Hammers, without Alan. Playing Tom Davis as a defensive midfielder, mm. playing four centre backs, four centre backs oh, yeah. every week. Yeah, yeah. That's, in, that's playing old treacle legs. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's been brilliant to see Sigerson's got a new lease of life. I mean, I won't bang on about Everton too much because we all we all know that Everton can win five games in a row and then lose five games in a row, and that that seems to be the norm. But I'm seeing a bit of evolution that I, that I'm thoroughly liking. Apart from watching that West Ham game, it brings it all down because the Everton was so bad against West Ham. Well, because before the West Ham game, you had the cancelled game of Man City. Mm. And we talked about this. We said that that game against Man City felt like, okay, if Everton are the real deal... Acid test. This is the moment. Yeah, Yeah, like, you've played a lot of games, you've done well, you've won a few in a row, looking really good. Can you do it against Man City? Then it gets cancelled, and that kind of throws everything off a bit. And then you play West Ham, which, no disrespect to West Ham, but they're not Man City... And I think it's just the mentality wasn't there and there yeah, wasn't the enthusiasm. They're also a really hard team to play because you never know what you're going to get with West Ham. Like, traditionally. Yeah. Could yes. be Could be anything. I think it's yeah. hard to prepare. Well, and they're 10th, right? But then middle. West Ham were the better side. There's no, there's no two ways about yeah. it. It was, a, it, was a, it was a boring game and West Ham were the better side. And It was a dull game. Yeah, it was, it was horrible. But again, I think it came off the end of, as I said, they haven't played a game every two and a half days. Yeah. Of course they were knackered. Of, of course it was hard work. I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin is missing Luca Dean. Yeah. That just he's just not getting the service he was before. Richarlison's really important, but he um, just didn't didn't show up in that game. Uh, but again, like this, but, but at this point right, this it, year, it, it, it's it's not just Richarlison. It's Richarlison in tandem with Dinier. Because often it's the Richarlison side, yeah. will cut inside, creates a space for Dinier to go on the outside. He's that he is often the one that delivers the ball, either the final cross or like the pass or the cross before the mm. assist. Like I think yeah. he's really important to the way. He's set and, up. and you know, if Alan would have been playing, West Ham probably wouldn't got that sniff, and it would have ended nil nil. It, it's just it just is one of those things. I will. I'd much rather do a forensic of Everton when we win a game of the I was, weekend. Yeah, again. I was going to say one question: If at the start of the season, after sixteen games, you were told you are four points off the top of the league with a game in hand, would you be happy? Bite your hand off. Yeah. And, and when you compare this season to last season, we were 14 points worse off at the same point last season. 14 yeah. points worse off. And and now... That's fucking, a, that, I mean, that's, that's, that's big, massive. And now yeah. it's we're sitting here talking about James Rodriguez and possibly signing Sammy Kadira. Like, the world is a, di- is a different place <laughs> for, for, for Everton right now. And those four games did at least show everyone not to, not to just, you know, put us in seventh and, and forget about it. You are in seventh, though. I know, and you're probably going to forget about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's filed away in the filing cabinet. Yeah. Seventh. Um, we're going to go on to side stories, but I just want to reel off one last team's results over Christmas, and that's Leeds, who won 5-2, lost 6-2, won 1-0, won 5-0, and lost 3-0. Best team in the league. I bet they're having fun. They are like I'm having fun. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, would you have fun as a fan? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, it's quite stressful. A, a neutral, it's great. Oh, all they've got to do. I mean, Bielsa's a, Bielsa's a pretty good coach, so I'm sure he's not listening to me <laughs> with, with my my advice. All I think Bielsa has to do is work out how to defend a fucking set piece, and then they might not lose five nil. Like yeah. they, they are so exciting going forward. It's so yeah. brilliant. But I guess you know if you. We spoke about the swarm. We're like, there were seven players yeah. in the box. I mean, if seven players are in the box, they're not anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you've only got so many players. Yeah. But I do. I. I. Every time I watch them, though, and think, I maybe we get sucked into it. And a lot of the time, I can't necessarily fault what Bielsa's doing. It's the players. It's the players. Yeah. Like again, I can't remember whether it was. I think it was this week and. 
uh, Bamford missed mm. an absolute glaring chance. Just copy and, and paste that and I, every week. Every week, yeah. yeah. And it's reality, like all of a sudden, if Leeds go... When they're chasing the game, it's hard because they don't change the way they play. Yeah. Apart from maybe go a bit more Quicker, crazy. Quicker, yeah. yeah. And so, but if if all of a sudden they they get, I think it makes a big difference. They get the first goal. Yes. Um. Yeah. And, and the quality of players comes into that massively. But then you're like, why has Bielsa never really got a chance with a team? who's with that extra quality of player maybe because he's Bielsa doesn't like working with those kind of he likes working with young players that he can mould into yeah. a, who don't have egos not and go I'm not going to do this or whatever and in reality he's made a mid-ranging championship team a mid-ranging Premier League team because of his coaching and that means the quality is going to not be there sometimes they're yeah. going to make errors they're going to miss sitters but they're a division above where they should be on just level of standards. And sorry, pardon my name to escape me. Who's the Brazilian bloke they got? Rafinha. Yeah. He's good. Yeah, he's really good. And I didn't think he was when he first got yeah, some he's, great goals. He's oh. just literally, he's, like, he's the only Brazilian you can find mm. with a Brazilian name and you've signed him. Yeah. But then suddenly he's very, very and good. And their 5-0 win, all the goals were amazing. Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was, I enjoyed that. Um, does anyone have any side stories? Uh, I can go first if you want. Yeah, I just a couple of things I've seen on the um, the internet, the world. Now the transfer, the transfer stuff happening. Yes. It's obviously that time of year. It's another thing yeah. happening at the moment. Um, Renato Sanchez popped up. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's doing really well. He's doing well again, and I'm like, hold From Swansea on. fame. Yeah, yeah, like and passing to the advertising hoardings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like. He's doing brilliantly at Lille in France. Yes. He's had two signed yeah. there permanently from Bayern. He's had two really good years and there's talk of him going to Liverpool. Yeah. Oh, I remember he made me question myself about football lots. Because <laughs> I saw him initially and I was like, he looks like he's gonna be really good. Yeah. And then I saw him play for Swansea and I'm like, oh god, I was so wrong. He's so bad. Worst player at of all football. time, yeah. And now he's good again. Like, is he good or not? Where is he? Like, it's just you can't he's, decide. I think he's like Chelsea. He's the ultimate hot and cold streak. Well, he when he was 17, 18, he was like named Golden Boy. Golden yeah. Boy at the World Cup or whatever. And that's if if I was eighteen, it goes straight to my head. Don't give a shit about anything. Yeah, look at me, I'm amazing. Like it, it can go wrong. So it went wrong for him after that, and he's been a bit up and down. I think he's only 21, 22 yeah. now. So I think he's just maturing a little bit and going, oh, yeah, if I work hard and try hard at this, I can get a career out of this. I think he's really good. Maturing at 21. But he wasn't, I wasn't maturing no, at 21. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, one other one for, for Jeff that I just, I haven't got on my list actually, I just thought of it then, but I, um, I know you have a particular love for this man. Um, so Messi scored his. 643rd goal or whatever the ridiculous yep. amount was for Barcelona which overtook Pele but now it hasn't because the Santos fans have um, yeah, suddenly said oh we've got, got 749 includes exhibition games as well which I think they should by the way and I kind of yeah. want Pele to be Win. ahead yeah. but uh, I went back and I watched Messi's first goal for Barcelona oh yeah when he was a little scruffy lad with long hair yeah yeah um, and the assist. Is that what you were inspired to do? You did that. And <laughs> no, like, no, I'll tell you what yes. I'm going to do. I'm going to get back and watch his first goal. That'll be an interesting well, no, I was Friday, just reading right? things about it, and of course, that was one of the, one things, of the comparisons. Yeah. And so, oh, anyway, I went back and watched it. Okay, sorry. And on. the assist was from Ronaldinho. Oh, yes. And it's kind of interesting. Messi comes off the bench. Uh, it gets set up by Ronaldinho, scores, and then the goal is disallowed for offside. And then five minutes later, it is like exactly the same thing happens again, but this time the goal, goal. is allowed. And the first yeah. one was probably a goal as well. But it was one of those passes that Ronaldinho did where he scoops the ball. Yeah, yeah. The oh. scoop over the top. It's the best. And I was like, there is no one else. Like Every now and then you see someone do a scoop, but generally it looks a little bit crap. Like Karol yeah. Paborski had that yeah, lucky when, one when in, the, in the Euros. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> Ronaldinho is amazing. And then so I went on this like <laughs> rabbit hole of Ronaldinho scoop passes. But he could do he can do them when he's standing still. The best ones, he can do it when he was running flat out. Yeah. And, and then, then he'd do this little And he'd look away. Little dink over the top. Anyway, it was amazing. So it started out with Messi, but then I was like, Ronaldinho is underrated. 
Yeah. I, like looking back, he he was a genius. I, he was and there's no one like him. He didn't train, he didn't work hard, he partied, he drank, he smoked and he was amazing. He's like a street urchin yeah. in football like it's just, just completely different. He was a whole different level. If he had say chucked Ronaldo's work ethic with Ronaldinho, he would have just he'd be king of the world by now. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I, I think all <laughs> of those foibles make him king of the world. Yes. Yeah. I, I genuinely yeah, believe... Totally agree. I've never been as excited about a footballer. I mean, you can talk about, you know, Zidane or Laudrup or Messi yeah. or Ronaldo or whoever you yeah. think is the best of all time. Yeah. And we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. But the player I've got most enjoyment from in my life is Ronaldinho. Yeah. He just he's does things... Just, you just go, how he have you done it? He does it for fun. Mm. Yes. Like he's, yeah. he, he's grinning the whole time. It's nothing serious about that bloke. Yeah. And the and the, he's playing that pass to Messi at the new camp. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. He's just yeah. doing it for fun. Yeah. And it didn't work first didn't time. Didn't work. Do it Try again. again. Do it again. If you do that again, <laughs> I'll get it to you. Yeah. yeah. And I just be just be on side next time. Yeah. It's rare in football that we see things and players that we've never seen before. Yeah. And to me, he had that ability to and that pass is a prime example. There's no one else before then or since then that could do that plays that pass like him and that's no. quite rare and so anyway I thought that was a good messy segue um, my soy story was about the A-League the A-League is back um, so it started over Christmas and I was not excited and I wasn't interested I've half watched some oh bits, here we go some bobs of games and I, I mentioned this to Jeff earlier before we started recording I watched a bit of I think it was MacArthur against Central Coast Mariners and it was 1-0 to Central Coast and MacArthur were going for it. Sorry, who? MacArthur. They're the new team. MacArthur? Yeah. What is MacArthur? It's a place, Rog. Place, Rog. Don't worry about that bit for right now. Um, <laughs> is, this re- is this the FFA Cup? Or are they no, no, in no, real? This is, they're in the A-League. Fuck, Rog. Rog, 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 Rog. Rog. Yep. Um, MacArthur. <laughs> 2021, Rogers is exactly the same. <laughs> um, so, MacArthur uh, attacking because they want to uh, get back because they're 1-0 down. There's a crowd there. And there's people shouting and going, come on, MacArthur. And there's a bit of atmosphere. And there's a bit of, oh, this is exciting. There's people getting behind it. Football was awful. Like, that's fine. But there was an atmosphere. And it just it just dawned on me that I've just watched football since March with no atmosphere. Mm. And so when a team are 1-0 down, whether it's a team I support or whatever, there isn't that tension and that fervour and that, oh, what's going to happen? This might happen. That might happen. And I bloody loved it. Yeah, they and cheer throw-ins and they cheer corners. And you, we did yeah. have the two thousand fans in for some but games. It's just over not the Christmas. same. There it's was just the there was something about watching it, and I was just like, "This is MacArthur against Central Coast in the A League," which I wasn't that excited about watching. I really enjoyed it, and I've watched bits and bobs of other games and gone, "You know what? It's been okay. I've enjoyed it." So what you're saying is, keep the faith. When we get through this, football will be great again. Yeah, and also. We need to support the A-League a little bit, I reckon. It's oh, funny, I've been yeah. enjoying it with the Big Bash for the same reasons. Yeah, because like, there's, there's a crowd. There's and crowd. they're having a great, like, just people getting pissed and being silly and watching sport. And you're like, oh, yeah. That's yes. a massive part of sport yes. that we just haven't had. Uh, all right, I will, on that, John, I will uh, Watch make a point of watching some A-League. Yeah. Endgame? Uh, yeah, is it endgame time? Endgame, right. Okay. So, so, Jeff, you're for gonna, listeners, for listeners. Right. You're going to explain yeah. the rules? So we have a new endgame this year because we realised that... The last day game was really hard, and <laughs> and we we're running out of teams. We we're running out of teams again. We were, yeah, we were just going from you know Man United, Everton from two thousand and seven, and yeah. we were running out, running out. But we've been doing that in game for quite a while, yeah. And it was pretty obvious that I was the best, and mm. it it was probably unfair <laughs> to keep playing that game in this environment without bringing this in is new. Why we shouldn't let you do them? So, explaining. um, so the new end game. New end game. Yes. I'm going to call it Endy, 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 Endy game. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> God, is, that that is that you? Is that you? <laughs> yeah, that's that, you spent the entire episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Have you ready? Endy, 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 Endy No, it doesn't get better. Come on. <laughs> what if I went goom at the end? Endy, 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 goom. No. 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 Okay, I'll work on that. Right. So the new Endy, 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 Endy is... Someone has to think of a topic, right? Yes. For example, I'll give you a topic, yep. an example topic, like Russians that played in the Premier League. Yep. That's not today's Indian game. No, that's not it, John. Okay. Because it's an example. Yep. You have to say Pavlichenko, and then Roger's turn. You have to come up with another Russian. Yep. Then, John, you have to come up with another Russian. Russian. Now, sometimes you can have two lives, depending on the topic. Now, the winner of the game is the person who picks the topic for next week. 
Yep. Are you all over the rules from any, 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 any game? Um, two quick other points. Yep. Change the any, any thing because it's really annoying. It's going to stick. It's going to stick. <laughs> no. Um, and <laughs> no. If, if, say, you pick the subject yep. and Rog and I do it and there's like 15 answers and we yep. get them all, we both get a point and you have to be Games Master again next Fine. week. Yeah, good deal. Good deal. Now, this um, week's and the inaugural Indie, 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 Indie game. <laughs> See, it's getting better, isn't it? It's better. Um, footballers, Premier League players. Oh, that's good, footballers. <laughs> Premier League players that have an X in their name. Oh. Wow. And I'm going to start with John. Jesus. Can, no. Are you going to tell us how no, many no, there, there is no X in How many there are or were? or There are more than you will guess. Now, I've, the th- I've thoroughly enjoyed it because I will talk a little bit, which will give you time to think. I've thoroughly enjoyed the last two days, last two days after I've thought about this because just randomly, Premier League footballers with an X in the name just popped into my brain. I'm like, oh, yes. So, uh, obviously, either first name or first name or name. last name. And for everyone at home, because we have been asked this question before, do we know like the end game teams or whatever? We don't know this subject until right now, so we're having to. Okay, so dig. John first. Graham Lasso. Graham Lasso, correct. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Correct. Mm. Graham Alexander. He played for Burnley. He was the penalty. Yeah. No, 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 I'm paying it. Yeah, go on. Uh, Abel Xavier. Abel Xavier! Oh, no, he was my other one. Everton hero. Oh, there's got to be some more Alexanders. Al- Alex Lacazette. Very good. Is it Alex? Alexander. Alexander, is it? Um, that doesn't matter. There's an exit. Alex Manninger. Very good. Um, oh, Jesus. Alex Manninger. He was crap. He's actually on my list, Alex Manninger. Yeah. <laughs> what popped into my brain this way. All I can think is of the name Alex. It's, it's got to be players, hasn't it? I'm just like Alex Ferguson, Alex McLeish. No, they're Scottish old managers. It's also Alec. Ferguson, isn't it? No, Alex Ferguson. Oh, one of them is Alex. There's an Alex there, isn't there? I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to wait forever. Yeah, I'm Come stalling. On, no. Uh, no, I can't think of any of them. Alexis Sanchez. Alexis Sanchez. Oh. Roger is the winner. I mean, you could have gone for Alex. Oh, yeah. the Chelsea. <laughs> 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 Couple of others that popped into mind this week. Uh, Lee Dixon. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Shakiri begins oh, with an X. Oh, yeah. um, Joe Max Moore. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, did yeah. Alexi Lalas ever make it into the Premier League? I don't think he did. Oh. No, he, did. he went to Syria. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Kleb. Yeah, I was like, there must be a lot of Alexes out there. Yeah. But my brain. Well, it's gone. funny though, because I went straight to um, Alexander as well. Yeah. Same as you, Preston. But Alexis Sanchez is very something. good. Very good. Do you have any more on your list, Rog? Was, no. that, was that what you like? That was a spark, but I generally oh. just think of them as I go. Oh, because but... you're an inspiration for the Great, great um, new game. I, that, that is a great new game. So I lost. So Rog won. So Rog is Games Master. Rog is Games Master next week. One point, Rog. One point, Rog. Oh. Great. Disaster. I hate it when Rog wins. Um, has anyone got anything before we go? Lee Dixon. Alex Manninger. Oh, you said, oh, I'm just thinking of Alex. Do you know what's going to happen? The rest, like, the rest of my week now. <laughs> and I'm going to sit there and go, Alex. Uh, did you work out how many there were or not? There's loads. There's loads. Yeah, but you didn't get a number. No, I just figured you'd run out. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Fair, we did. Yeah. <laughs> Um, thanks for listening everyone we will be back next week Uh, don't forget if you want to get in contact ask questions or tell us wrong about something just find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com bye everybody see ya bye